0: Hello, everyone. My name is John Lee, your local realtor, a.k.a. The Property Shark. Uh, Today, we have our special guest, Sam Rahim. He is going to be the first guest, episode one, for our show and podcast, On The Rise. Sam Rahim is a digital marketing consultant, brand builder, and serial entrepreneur who resides in beautiful Vancouver, B.C., He is the Founder and Digital Strategy Director at Pulse Digital, an efficient and effective social media solution for realtors and lifestyle clients. Pulse actively works with Vancouver's top producing realtors to help them with branding, social media, marketing, and lead generation. He believes that every realtor deserves to take advantage of today's lucrative social media space. He is on a mission to help bring realtors up to speed to today's digital landscape and show them how to utilize these tools to grow their real estate business. So without further ado, Sam Rahim. Hey everyone, my name is John Lee and I'm a local realtor with Sun Premier Realty in the Greater Vancouver area.
1: And My name is Sam Rahim and I'm the founder of Pulse Digital, a social media agency focused on helping real estate agents.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Sam, thank you so much for uh, coming on our show today. Of course. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course. No, so it's, it's funny how we connected, hey, because of mm-hmm. social media nowadays. I mean, Instagram is kind of how we linked up. I saw some of your work and also yeah. had some mutual connections that you know, tagged you on posts and stuff. So yeah. um, you've been doing quite well in, uh, in the social media space. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I did a good job of marketing myself on on the Instagram, on the Facebook, yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. But no, I appreciate that, yeah, I think um, social media presents a really good opportunity for you to always share your wins, you know? Like mm-hmm. you always wanna post something that you're wanting to celebrate. But I think the issue with that, oftentimes entrepreneurs like ourselves, we have a tough time sharing like the hard times and the downfalls and all of that. So it's definitely a little bit curated. I think every entrepreneur is like that. They tend to show off like the, the good times, but trust yeah. me, there have, been, there have been tough times over the years. Right. Yeah, like growing my agency and everything like that. Yeah,
0: yeah so. yeah. so well, take me back to a little bit, I guess, of school and I guess your how you started, where you came from. For sure,
1: oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, my parents and I immigrated here from Austria, Vienna. Yeah, wow. so in the, like that center in Europe. And uh, yeah, I, I was born and raised there. Lived there for about eleven years of my life before immigrating to Canada. Okay. Um, my parents ultimately made that move because they wanted us to be closer to our family that was already living in Vancouver. Oh. Yeah, okay. and then so I've been here since and 06, and yeah, no, it's 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 been a uh, it's been a crazy journey for sure. Like having grown up in that environment and then moving to Canada, but yeah, yeah, love this place. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I've been to Austria. I've been to Austria before. Just kind oh, of traveling enough? around okay. Europe with my family yeah. too. Um, it really struck out to me
1: yeah, no, it's a cool place for sure, and then uh, my parents are like their nationality is Iranian, so they're okay. born and raised in Iran, and then I've never been there myself but yeah yeah i'm I'm Persian technically, but then my nationality is Austrian since I was born there yeah, yeah and then yeah moved to moved to Vancouver about fourteen fifteen years ago
0: and, wow yeah. so so take me through that, I guess the transition of Growing up, you know, mm-hmm. in the Persian family, living in Austria, which mm-hmm. is a different culture, different environment, and then coming to Vancouver. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I've always felt like the outsider, <laughs> no matter really where is. I've been. Yeah, because even being born and raised in Austria, I would always stand out in school as being, like, um, ethnic, right? Like, I, I was the brown kid amongst, like, all the European, like, white kids. and <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that always stood out, and my name, I guess, it's spelled with two A's, technically, so the correct pronunciation is Song. Um, yeah okay. and then also in, in German like because they speak German in Austria Sam isn't really a common name at all so yeah. people always like had tough times like pronouncing my name and yeah I always felt like a little bit of like an outsider but um yeah and that didn't really change moving to Canada because I was at first I was the Persian guy who lives in Austria but now I'm the Persian guy who used to live in Austria that's now living in Canada so I always felt like a little bit of an outcast um, but yeah no I mean like the Canadian education system has been great like i was accepted quite well in, in, in into this in, into this country for sure yeah, yeah yeah i would say the toughest part though like the biggest uh tribulation for sure was just adapting to learning a new language um changing schools and uh just keeping up with the education system i think that's always been a little bit tougher for me like right. kind of coming from my background and then moving back and forwards from places, for sure yeah.
0: for sure and you know how did you overcome that because that's again that's a really big hurdle for lot of people right coming from you know i I grew up in in taiwan for parts of my life so Mm. long story (laughs) short you know i was kind of born and raised here in vancouver yeah um and then my parents uh we went back to taiwan for three years where i was originally from to Mm kind of learn mandarin to understand the culture because i was they were afraid i would lose that side of me i came back in high school so then there was the transition. Oh, so there of, was a bit of back and yeah, forth as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. then the language was one thing, right? And I also felt mm-hmm. like keeping up, not only learning the language, but keeping up with the education system in a different language. For sure. That yeah. was...
1: So you, you kind of felt that too then? Yeah, I felt that, up, like, sure. as an outsider, I totally yeah. can relate to. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a lot to overcome, I think, especially as someone who doesn't perform well in school. And I, I would never... I've never considered myself as being, like, a good student in any means. Like, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it, I would say the toughest part of it is just between let's say ages of like grade one all the way to grade 12 um a lot of your measure to success is based on your performance in school right it's correct par- parents thinking like immigrant parents also thinking that the better you do in school the better you're off outside of school and you're able to be more successful and then at the same time all your influences such as your teachers and your peers they're really focused on that as well It's like the better you perform in school, the better of a chance you have in being successful in life. So, right. yeah, I, I would say the biggest difficulty for me has always been feeling like I'm worthy of success because I never did well in school. So right. I always uh, associated not doing well in school in terms of, like, not succeeding in life. So, yeah, I would say that was probably the toughest thing that I had to um, navigate through throughout wow. the years. Yeah. And it That's wasn't for a long time until I kind of broke through that mindset. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah. right. That's so mm-hmm. true. I feel like, like even, like, coming back to my parents, like, they didn't have an opportunity to have a education right mm-hmm. or a higher level education such as university back home mm-hmm. and so they wanted a better life for us hence you know they immigrated us here uh for pets for a yeah. better future and then yeah. you know there's they want us to, to go through school right but of course. uh you know they they think that school is the only way to achieve success a lot right? of them
1: do and you can't fault them in the way it's because again i understand the opportunities that we're given right mm-hmm. that that our parents or our grandparents weren't given uh, my grandpa, for example, used to be um, a politician in Iran, like pre-1979, the revolution and everything like that. So he was at the height of his career, uh, but after the the Shah government was overthrown, essentially he was given the choice of um, joining the new political system or essentially being thrown into prison. So him, at I think it was around four, like in his mid 40s or early 40s, yeah. at the height of his career, had to leave everything behind and like immigrate to Toronto and the first job that he had was putting paper ads on windshields, on cars, oh, so no that's way. kind of like, yeah, that's kind of the story of like my grandparents like moving like on my mom's side of immigrating and making so many sacrifices, you know, and um, so like understanding that I get where they're coming from, but also at the end of the day, it's just they they don't know any better either mm. because they, they just know that like um, education to them is so valuable because they have been taught that that's the only way for their children to succeed. So they're kind of projecting that onto the kids, which is a good thing and a bad thing for sure. I think Mm -hmm. it definitely pushes kids to pursue greater things. But again, like, Twenty-first century, there's so many other ways to be successful. That's and to achieve success. Yeah. That's
0: so true. And and on that note, mm-hmm. it's kind of like they grew up in a different time and era. So mm-hmm. they mean good intentions, obviously. They they want the best for you, yeah. right? as their parents, but at the same time, like, you know, their idea of what
1: success is yeah. is in a different era. The like, landscape's so different. Yeah. Because yeah. I bet you nine times out of ten, all the parents and your parents might agree on this is like the way they measure success is your financial Um, Financial position outside of school like how much are you making or making a hundred grand or making 150 grand whatever it is They're like, oh, if they're making good money, they can support themselves and support their families, right? But what they don't understand and I would say like My friends parents my parents all of that is that there's so many different ways to make money these days that the internet has really introduced You know, yes you like I talked to a lot of like I guess my elders my family members about Amazon FBA, you know, like white labeling stuff Outsourcing uh, in China, shipping it to U.S. and selling on Amazon, and people making six figures a month doing that. And right. it blows their mind. They have like no idea that these options are out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are yeah. all types of entrepreneurial paths that don't require the traditional educational path. You know, you can just spend some time, really study Amazon FBA. Uh, save up some money, and you can make it happen. And if your parents' measure of success is the financial stability and the financial income, so many different ways to do it.
0: Right, yeah. right. That's And that's what people fail to realize, right? Mm-hmm. Is like there are endless opportunities online as well. For sure. And I think, yeah. like, for you, back to your point, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from the upbringing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't excel academically, you know, from grade one to grade 12, you, you already feel like you've lost in life. Yeah. Like, you feel like you're not worthy of achieving yeah. anything. So then you kind of you don't you don't go for it right mm-hmm. so how did you so break true. out of that shell yeah. because like you've kind of grown <laughs> up being suppressed like i'm not good enough I'm, yeah. I'm like i'm not like my peers are getting straight a's yeah. you know i can't do anything good in life like how do you break out of that shell mentally yeah I mean, that's the first big barrier i people.
1: yeah and i think that's why a lot of people have a tough time breaking out of that mindset is because you really do get stuck in that mindset yeah because like you year after year you're going to school every year you're getting the grades every year you might not be doing that well so it becomes a systematic thing for like several years and it's like how do you undo that how do you go the other way uh i think for me it it really helped like starting to build my core confidence in just all areas of life um it was honestly as simple as starting to go to the gym and making a habit of it and Mm. i think the gym actually played like it's actually kind of funny to say but the gym played a big role in it like at the time not as big as I used to be. Obviously, <laughs> I neglected the gym for the last right, little bit. Right. But what going to the gym taught me was that consistently putting your mind to something and putting the work in every day or every week will get you the results. And with the gym too, you see the results like, like with your eyes, right? Mm. Like you check in the mirror next time, and your biceps are looking a little bigger, or your pecs are looking a little bigger. So yeah. that starts to spring uh, and jumpstart like a motivation motivational pattern of like, oh, I put in the work and then i see the results coming after that Mm. and put in the work see the results and really putting my mind to it so um i started to apply that same mentality of like okay if i really set my mind to something else will i be able to see a similar kind of success so it was just bit by bit by bit like building up my confidence first in like my physical appearance by going to the gym but also my mindset around committing myself to something like the gym right um, that slowly helped me break out of that but um yeah i mean it, it wasn't a it wasn't like a clear path after that really either because uh, I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to run my own business. Deep down inside like that. You had I that I always burning. had those tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first six or seven businesses, like they really didn't work out. Yeah, it wasn't until like this company that I'm running right now where I actually found success. Yeah. But to answer your question of how did I break out of that, I think it was just really focusing on myself. And I think that's what a lot of people that might be in a similar position need to Prioritizes themselves first, like get your mental straight, get your health straight, like make sure that you are just very solid, like from your inner core.
0: Right, yeah. right. I think there's someone said there's like four pillars to success. It's like health is number one mm-hmm. and then there's wealth and then there's love and yeah. then there's happiness, right? So I think you brought up a really good point of mm-hmm. daily consistent actions mm-hmm. uh, where you can see the results day mm-hmm. in and day out and that will lead to, you know, achieving your goals for, for sure for example um yeah. and how did you get into the habit because then mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. in modern society right people have the tendency to they look at instagram models people flashing their webs yep. right yep. their watches the money the girl yeah. like people yeah. want it instantly for sure so yeah. this takes time to build it up does. and people don't understand they get discouraged they go to the gym maybe Twice a week for a month, and yeah. they don't see results, and they kind of quit, right? So Again,
1: people celebrate their success on social media. <laughs> yeah. Like they even, you just see the highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. like from your point of view, like is it because like uh, people don't start because they have set too big of a mm. goal that it almost feels like it's unattainable? That for sure. that's stopping them from taking even a
1: step towards that. I think like? that's a big uh, that's a big one. Yeah, that definitely plays plays a role in it. I think we're just like speaking on the millennials behalf, it's like you're very impatient, right? It's like generation now, like you see someone being successful, and then you try to do it for a month, and you're like, why am I not there yet? Kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think social media definitely adds fuel to the fire of people just showing off their highlight reels, and people Mm -hmm. showing off their bodies where they've been, like what you see is like the perfect physique, but what you don't know is, like, the three years where they went to the gym, like, five, six days a week, like, meal prepped every single day, like, people don't see that part. Yeah. Mm. So, I think that definitely fuel adds fuel to the fire of, like, people wanting things a little bit faster and not being patient. But, right. yeah, no, I think, honestly, starting from just making sure that your self-confidence is there. Right. Because, ultimately, especially as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you relate to this, too. It's, like, you need to depend on yourself and you need to get yourself to a point where, you can't be dependent on others because at the end of the day, like a lot of situations, you never know what life throws at you. That's but at so the end true. of the day, you need to know that you can count on yourself to pull yourself out of anything that happens. And right. Yeah. And I think that really just stems from focusing on your core and really making sure that you are just mentally and physically in a space where you're very positive and, and very good.
0: Yeah. Mm, that's so you're important. you stable. Yeah. yeah Cause sure. I
1: feel like we tend to kind of
0: chase after the goals, right. But we don't mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, we're well equipped to take on, the challenges ahead of us right for sure and yeah. I feel like like you, you meant, mentioned like mental health and physical health I think that's mm-hmm. something that anyone regardless of their age or career can really take on and mm-hmm. really address those because it is mm-hmm. like you know your, your physical like how you look it, it and how people think you look like that really yeah. affects her confidence so what for that sure. was the first big hurdle that That was the first shift that was the first shift the the, the confidence of you're having a good physical body, like Mm -hmm. looking good feeling good Mm -hmm. right and for sure on that note like how did you work on your mindset of becoming positive yeah like how did that switch work from yeah
1: so again like it was the whole like um building consistency with my mindset too because i proved to myself that i could stick to something for multiple months on end uh and actually getting the results so i was like okay if my mind is up to doing that then i can apply this to other areas of my life too wow yeah wow. yeah so i would say that like again like that that helped a lot yeah in terms of just staying consistent with something and and sticking to it and um yeah i think really believing in yourself i think no matter what idea you have or whatever profession you're taking on you need to really deep down believe that you're capable of executing on it mm. cuz if you If you're not in a space where you feel confident about what you're doing, about your craft, then it's just gonna gonna show up in your work at the end of the day. And it's gonna really hold you back. So I think really just getting that self-confidence up is so key. Like I wouldn't even start anywhere else. I would just work on the self-confidence yeah. first. I think and that's then, so important. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think uh, people miss that. People, people miss the foundation. Of course it is, it's totally the foundation. Course, to it is, it's the
1: foundation. Yeah. yeah, it's laying the foundation for everything else. Everything else will stem from that. From that. But so you we, need to make sure the core is set. The core, yeah. the physical, the mental, once yeah. you have that set, then you can achieve anything.
0: Exactly. Right? That's, that's so important. Yeah. It blows your mind how yeah. like, simple it is, right? Yeah. But it like, had such a big impact on her life. For sure. Like, so you were going yeah. to the gym like a couple times a week. Yeah, I,
1: I, I went. Yeah, I was very, I was very lucky to have a cousin um, who we both got into the like the whole like uh, routine of going to the gym together at the same time. Mm. So he really motivated me on the days I didn't want to go, and I motivated him on the days he didn't want to go. And he's just a year younger than me, so it was perfect. Um, But yeah, we were going like five, six days a week. And we stuck to that for two years. Two years straight, just every day. Just two years straight, just stuck to it. And then, yeah, I mean, like, it just started to trickle into other areas of life. I think it's one of those things where, like, all it takes is, like, a positive attitude or a positive thing in your life to happen mm. or for you to attach yourself to and then all these other blessings start opening up. That's like, amazing.
0: Yeah. Another nug- nugget I picked out was uh, having an accountability partner. So for sure, find yeah. someone who's kind of on the same path yeah to achieve that success, so whether that's getting in shape or starting a business, but have someone there to hold you accountable so on, the, important. on the days that, yeah. that you don't
1: feel like doing, right? I mean, you met them earlier, like Sam Park in, in that room over there, yeah. quick shout out to Sam. And then Brandon, you as well, like those two guys, like they're just as motivated as me. And yeah. on the days where I don't feel like I want to be as productive. I literally have them texting me, calling me, FaceTiming me, just to get me out to the office so we can put in the work together. Yeah. So it really helps to surround yourself around like minded people. Right.
0: For sure. That's so yeah. important. Okay, yeah. so take me through that. So you started working out, <laughs> yes. right? And then you're still in school. What grade were you in when you had to Yeah so this
1: this was uh after I just dropped out of university. <laughs> First oh. year of university. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so like a little bit more context about that part. So I ended up graduating from high school with just like good enough grades to get into UVIC and study social sciences. Okay. I think back then the average you needed was like 72, 73%. Yeah. And I was really working my ass off during that last year because I wanted to prove to myself that I could be successful by getting right. into a good school right but that honestly ended up shooting me in the foot because going to Uvic meant living a year abroad like abroad like on the island yeah, uh, yeah. but i was taking on a student loan because i've paid for my education like this whole time and ended up studying something i wasn't passionate about ended up full like dropping out of like, like failing a lot of courses essentially and then ultimately dropping out with like a 10K bill at the end of it. So was right. very demotiv- demotivating, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So after that I really took a step back and I really had to reconsider what I wanted to do with my life and what I was passionate about and that, that was around the time when I started to go to the gym, when I started to take a step back and um, travel a little bit. I got to travel to Australia because my grandpa had a place there at the time and then also South America for a couple months and um, yeah, it was during those experiences where I, my mind started thinking about like launching a clothing line, launching an online business, launching all these things where uh, I eventually came back, I was in a really good rhythm with the gym, really good rhythm mindset-wise, and yeah. just started taking chances on things. So um, the first business I tried was a clothing line. Uh, called everyday apparel. call everyday apparel because <laughs> like the, the mentality behind it was like do what you love every day. So I've been a big advocate of that since day yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and like that clothing line completely just crashed and burned. Yeah, because I was just making so many mistakes with it. But right. um, that at least gave me the confidence to put myself out there and for things. The biggest blessing of doing that is that um, every time that you put up, put yourself out there, and something doesn't go your way, then the next time you do it, it's a little bit easier to recover. From the failure. You mm. know what I mean? Get, get, used, to get used to failure. Get used to failing. That's, the, yeah. that's the, the, the message here. For sure. Yeah. Getting used to the failures. Because it's really scary to put yourself out there. And to show people what you're passionate about in a way. Because I remember at the time when I wanted to launch my clothing line. I had the t-shirts printed. I had my brand ready. I had everything ready. But okay. I was so afraid to get it out. To show people. Because I was afraid of what if it failed, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. look stupid. They're going to judge me. I'm just going to look like this huge failure um, and it took me a really long time to release my clothes to eventually get to the failure but I'm really glad that I did that because it taught me the lesson of like okay let me cross it off the list I'm on to the next thing and then on to the next on to the next until you get to that thing that really clicks so, yeah. so trial and error trial and error yeah and how did you take
0: that that first idea and transition mm-hmm. that into your clothing line like because yeah. a lot of people they I guess they would burn out or they would feel like they're not going to succeed. So they don't even try. They might have a good idea in their head, but they don't even try it out because they, they already assume that they're going to fail. Yeah. So people don't start. Right. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you get to that point where you just like, okay, like you were saying, like, Oh, I don't know how people are going to think of my clothing line. Or yeah. I'm <laughs> going to be
1: judged. And then you just like, I'll just put it out there. Like yeah. what was that, that switch? Like, honestly, cause I'd put, like quite a bit of money into it already. Yeah, I mean, like back then I was 18, 19, probably 19 years yeah, old. Yeah. And okay, the way I went about launching okay. a clo- the way I went about launching a clothing line was the wrong way. Okay. I was my own designer with very little Photoshop skills. Okay. I was my own T-shirt like clothing manufacturer because I would buy the blanks, but I also bought a heat press. And I bought the printer where I would print out the designs and just press them on. Yeah. So the quality was just awful. But like, I just like invested so much money into this because I bought the heat press, I bought the printer, like maybe, I don't know, 1200 bucks, which at the time was like so much money. Yeah. I was like, okay, I already put so much money into this. Like I need to do something with it. Right. So honestly, it was that anxiety mixed with the anxiety of like not putting it out at all. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there and see what people think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Stepping out of your
1: comfort zone. Getting
0: yeah. into the habit of failing, getting into the habit sure. of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. when you're comfortable you kinda settle. Yeah. Right? And then you get complacent, which is another problem yeah. that people
1: have, right? Nothing great ever happens out of like a place of complacency mm-hmm. or like uh, just in your comfort zone. Like the, the great things in life always happen outside of that. Right. And it's very yeah. scary. It's really scary to put yourself <laughs> out there. But that's why I'm saying, like the more you do it, the easier it gets. Right. It gets. Used it. You're, You're used to it. You're used to it. Yeah. Okay. I went from launching like one business to another and each one taking about like twelve months to a year and a half in between. To wow. last year where I tried four different businesses and I just hammered through them, just go through them really quickly. That's okay. Yeah. So
0: take me through to the second one, real quick. We'll okay. kind of get through all you go through all. Your, okay. So then clothing oh, line failed, yeah. and then well, and then, I wouldn't say it wasn't
1: it wasn't a failure because yeah. you definitely learned. It was a lesson. Yeah. You learned. It was yeah. a, a lesson.
0: Yeah. If it you was, look at the
1: profit loss, it was a failure. But if you look at the grand scheme of things, it was, it was, a, it was a blessing
0: a and a lesson. For
1: sure. Right. So yeah. how did you take that, and what was your second idea? How yeah. did that happen? So, the whole clothing line idea was came out of a place of being interested in men's fashion. Right. So I knew I wanted to do something with that and something related to just taking advantage of the internet and the power that we had. So at the time I uh, had this other business partner who came to me with the idea actually of doing an affiliate marketing website, Okay. which again, just for anyone who doesn't know what affiliate marketing is, it's essentially um, selling other people's e-commerce products on your own website. So just facilitating the sale and getting a commission. Mm. So it's kind of like drop shipping, but let's say for example that American Eagle and Old Navy give you the rights to sell their pants and their jeans on your own website. Yeah. You list it on your website, and then when people buy it off your website, you get a small percentage of the commission. Right. Yeah. Right. So, me and my business partner created this uh, website called Triangle Living. Okay. Yeah. It's super corny name. Yeah. Uh, and it was essentially like this luxury lifestyle online e commerce store slash magazine where we would sell. Items that were like shoes that were like $500, $600, carpets, yeah. like art, just like all of that affiliate stuff on the right. website. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and it was crazy. We were very committed because we were manually inputting all the products. And wow. at the time, we were like, our mentality behind it was like, the more products we have, the more variety there is for people to buy. Mm-hmm. So we would just blindly upload products. And I think at one point we had like 2,000 products that so we manually inputted manual photo, manual description, oh, everything. Oh my God. And I think ultimately we got one sale, and it was from the business partner's sister who <laughs> bought something <laughs> so it just got to a point where we were like why like this is this just doesn't make any sense um but again there was a big lesson than that because i learned about affiliate marketing i learned about how to create a shopify website wow. i learned about how to do like all these different things i was doing like the instagram and facebook profile for that company and that was like back in like 2012 2013 okay. things were really just starting to ramp yeah, up. yeah yeah so again a failure but in another way a lesson where i just Took some skills and put it into my arsenal for later right yeah. right
0: just for later you never for know later. what you could use yeah it with yeah. it and and on that note too it i like how you you put it in a way where it got to a point where it didn't make sense where yeah. your time and energy and money was being invested into mm-hmm. it, but but the the outcome, the result wasn't what you wanted. So yeah. it's also important for you to sit down and reflect. Yep. Right. And yep. that's that's how we, like and you have to be real with yourself. You have right? to when be you real. Yeah. Have to sit down with your partner or yourself. Yeah. Hey, how is my business doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what are the results? What is the outcome that I want? And yeah. if it's not, you have to
1: adjust. Yeah, right? for sure. It's really easy to get emotional about your business because mm. you build some form of a bond with it. You know, as a business owner, yeah. it becomes your baby. It's like your, yeah. It's, it's like your, it's like your kid. <laughs> is that sounds <laughs> and it sucks to have to cut that kid off like you right. know like it's, it it sounds really rough but, yeah um yeah you have to be real with yourself for sure. right and i think that's something that i kept developing as my career went on. But right. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You have to have like no emotion in it and just be ready to move on to the Having
0: no thing. emotions and looking at straight facts, be logical. It's mm-hmm. a business decision at the end of the day. Exactly. You're your own boss and you have to yeah. know when to cut the losses, when to take the leap of faith, when to invest more back into it. yeah. Perfect, so yeah. take me through affiliate marketing. That's <laughs> yes. another arsenal. That's another arsenal. A little bit arsenal. of Facebook, a little bit yeah. of Instagram. Yeah. And then what was next? What, what happened Another next? clothing line. <laughs> okay. Drum roll, yeah. Yeah, no. did another Exciting. clothing line.
1: Uh not gonna go into too much detail right. with that one. Essentially wrong partner, wrong product, wrong everything. Just got th- it. didn't go well. Right. Um, and then after, and that, after that, after that I was already I was either what? applying to or I just got into BCIT to study marketing management. Because at that point I had like three entrepreneurial ventures under my belt. Right. I love marketing, so I was like, why don't I actually go to school and make my parents happy, but then also pick up some valuable skills. So oh. that's when I actually went to BCIT and studied marketing.
0: Okay, yeah. so you, okay, so, so just a quick rewind. Course, so you went to, you dropped out of UVic, yeah. you wasn't studying something you were passionate about, 10k depth, mm-hmm. and then you took on these business ventures. So mm-hmm. for, at that point in time, between the, the time that you applied to BCIT mm-hmm. and gone to marketing there, mm-hmm. and found out what you kind of were passionate about, what you wanted yeah. to learn about, mm-hmm. right? um how did you get by because people get scared they're like oh yeah. i have debt i yeah. don't have income like how do i survive right yeah people like did you work a job or like an yeah. odd job to get by like how did that that process look that's important yeah. too right
1: Cause i think that yeah that, that's like the slightly weird thing about me just as a person is that i'm starting to notice that i am type a in the sense that okay. i'm very um motivated and very um very purpose-driven and just very driven in general. Like yeah. I, I pour a lot of my energy and, and, and myself into what I do when I'm passionate about it. But I also have some tendencies from type B in terms of not being very stressed out all the time. Like it's really weird because type A is synonymous with having high levels of stress. Yeah, but exactly. I think for me, I'm like the type A where I'm like driven and motivated, but yeah. then mixed with the type B of like, just seeing how things work out. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, it was it was funny because I was having that conversation with my girlfriend, um, in terms of like running the business now. Yep, over like I went from and we'll get to this a little bit later. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. Went from being a solo entrepreneur, like a, a marketing consultant, like working out of my mom's basement and working out of coffee shops, to now in twenty twenty, like paying for an office, like paying for three people's salary. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of overhead like month mm-hmm. over month, and there were months that like during the initial phases of transitioning to having an office, having employees, and everything like that, where times were really tough. Like there was like looking at the bank account, you know how much you have to pay out to your employees and everything like that. Yeah, and yeah. For me, I just um, that's where the type A and type B e came in because my type A was like ambitious and driven, and I kept doing my thing, kept signing clients to make sure that we're good. But then the type B of me was just like surprisingly relaxed about the whole thing because I was like, at the end of the day, what happens, happens. Like I know that I'm in full control of like the variables that I have control over, but there's certain things that are out of my hand. So as right. long as I show up every day and do everything that I can, then there's nothing else I can contribute to it. No
0: regrets, don't leave anything on the table, that kind yeah. of I like that. And yeah. a lot of the times, like, you know, your fear is just like, you know, it's wired into us yeah. because it's kind of fight or flight kind of response that we picked on from our For ancestors, sure. yeah. right? So a lot of the fear that you have is just meant, it's like yeah. a mental roadblock that you have to overcome. Yeah. It's not it's not really something
1: that, that is that scary. Yeah. I can, you're not dealing with a life or death situation. Of course, right? of course. But at the time it feel, it can feel so real, yeah. but I yeah. mean, I'm tying that back into like, how did I feel at the time when I had the student debt and so many field businesses and yeah. I was taking on more debt to go to another school. Right. Right. I maybe should have been like now reflecting on it. I maybe should have been more worried than I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but at the time chill. I was like, that's yeah. Yeah. See where life takes yeah. me. Yeah. See like where that. life takes
0: me. Yeah. I like that. So you went back to yeah. school. Okay. Yeah.
1: Marketing. It was marketing. We were yeah. About. Marketing finally. yeah. Um, and. And yeah, that was just around the time when I failed my second clothing line. And yeah, again, BCIT, same story. It was the first time in my life where I was actually trying harder in school because I was genuinely interested in some of the That's subjects, not all, all of them, but right. some of them. Right, like electives along the a yeah, lot Exactly. Fluff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, was, that was two years, very, very intense program. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I started to develop a skill as a freelance photographer at the time. As wow. Well. Yeah. Because I've always been interested in photography and again like another bad decision that i made back then is like use part of my student loan to purchase a camera <laughs> Okay. because I was just really passionate about it. And I was like, damn, I really want to shoot. And this is just awful advice. If anyone's in school and has a student loan, do not do, do not do this. Do not do this. <laughs> this, this uh, yeah. yeah, it was like a six, $700 camera. Oof. And it, yeah, so it was pretty, exp- I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but either way, I was like really passionate about it. So I started to, in my second year at BCIT, really start just shooting with my friends, asking everyone I knew if they wanted to model for me, build a portfolio, build a portfolio. Yeah, yeah. and then I'm really glad as messed up as it sounds, i'm really glad that i did that because i used that money to invest into something that ended up turning into a skill which helped me build my agency a couple years later wow yeah because it started by me just asking my friends if if i want if they wanted me to take photos yeah, of yeah 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 but it quickly because i was quite vocal about posting them on my instagram and this is again back in 2014 people are doing it but not as many like shooting DSLR photos and uploading it to Instagram Right. and then I started to get a lot of people actually ask me like hey can I pay you to do this like would you mm-hmm. be down like what's your rate and I was like what do you mean a rate like yeah. I don't have like <laughs> am I supposed to have a rate yeah, yeah. so I started yeah. shooting for like 20 bucks an hour 25 bucks an hour slowly started working way, way up Right. Right. and the reason why I'm telling the story is because before that semester was over I actually ended up making close to $1,200-$1,300 with my freelance photography no way yeah having spent 700 out of my student loan to buy the camera, <laughs> which I, I never knew was gonna go that way, but it just I just took a chance on it and right. yeah, built build a bit of a freelance photography business. That's it, so.
0: and then again I guess you had the the experience of failing over and over again that yeah. you got used to it. So For sure. this time around like you know <laughs> to post a couple photos you don't have you don't have that mindset that, oh, I don't... What if I get judged? What if yeah. it doesn't work out? What if people yeah. think I'm...
1: It's still there. I think that feeling is still bit? there. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. I yeah. wish I was a superhero and I could just <laughs> say that I don't care what people think. Yeah. I think ultimately everyone does to an extent. Right. But it definitely helped to have gone through all those failures. I, I let go a lot more of, of what other people think. Right. In scenarios. Yeah. Right.
0: So, okay. So, you went from graduating this time. Yes. Your parents were happy. Yes, finally. <laughs> uh, freelance photographer just simply yeah. because you were putting the word out there, right? Yeah. so a lot of the times if you have a dream or you have Mm -hmm. a goal or you have a skill Mm -hmm. you have to show it to the world or else the world doesn't know about it yeah right like if you didn't post it out how would people know
1: that you had that skill set and how would you know that you could charge people for that right i love to run the example of like two photographers with let's say we're both photographers equal skill set yeah one of us let's say you're really active on social media i'm not doesn't matter you're gonna get more gigs because you're the one putting yourself out there and you're right. the one letting your show your work get seen by people right yeah right, so right. like really believing and and really uh just standing behind your own work no matter what you do, I think is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And especially in the day of social media. You never know, like by you just being vocal about what you do, what kind of energy that can attract into your life, what kind of positive opportunities. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. it plays a big role. Yeah. That's
0: so important. Shout out to Devin. You know, he's the guy yeah, behind Devin. the camera, he's doing a great yeah.
1: job there. By the way, this this video is sponsored by Devin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are looking for any photo or video needs. Yeah. He's 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 a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Um, and then take me through that. Okay. Let's get into the meat and potato of, of yes. after you
1: graduated, you had some money saved up and then mm-hmm. what year was that? Yeah, this is, this will be 2015. 2015. I graduated from BCIT, yeah. but it transitioned nicely to a, um, a internship opportunity because oh, yeah, okay. BCIT you have to do an internship upon graduation. Okay. And then that just ended up leading to a full-time position. So I worked yeah. for a, loca- a local clothing line here in Vancouver, doing digital marketing for them. And I did that for about two years. Wow. And you, yeah. again, built
0: up your arsenal, built learned up the all arsenal. the skills. Yeah,
1: built up the skills. And yeah. I was still shooting freelance on the side and I right. ended up doing some product photography for that business. So I okay. was doing their blogging, I was doing their um, their product photos, uh, yeah. their social media marketing, um, helping with their Shopify website, all of that. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Yeah. And how did it transition to kind of, well, cause you said you started a couple businesses before yeah. this one too, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at the time, so it was my freelance business, um, that I was doing while working full time. Uh, but then after hitting the two year mark at my job, um, I felt like I hit a bit of a ceiling. Um, and it's really interesting because at the time, like for full transparency, I was earning 40,000 a year out of, out of BCIT. Uh, and for me, it was, I I remember I sat down with a financial planner and he was like, okay, so how much do you foresee yourself making in the, the next two years, the next three years? And I had a really tough time allowing myself to say that i'd be making 60 70 80 because i don't think i fully believed i could do it with my current path you know like i knew how much the company was making i knew how much we were doing on our e-commerce and i just felt like it wasn't real it wasn't realistic for me to get to that those kinds of numbers yeah um and yeah so a combination of that and also just hitting a ceiling of like okay i've done as much as i can at this company I decided to transition to uh, freelance consulting, like digital marketing consulting, just okay. under my own name, just being a solopreneur. Yeah. Um, and I did that in 2017 wow. is when I stepped out of my full-time position and started um, doing my consulting on my own.
0: Did you transition? Like, did you kind of do it as a, as a part-time gig Yeah, I had to, just I had to, yeah, because,
1: um, yeah, I had bills at that point um, and I, I was getting like a I was getting like a paycheck from my current job so I wasn't able to just drop it and not have any income so uh it actually it it worked out pretty nicely because while I was doing digital marketing for that company I would always post it on my Instagram like always showing people what I'm doing behind the scenes and people would always be like oh you look like you love your job this looks great and I did I really did like working there yeah um but that resulted in other companies starting to notice and asking me if I could do social media marketing for them okay so while working for this company full-time I signed two clients that it was managing part-time. So wow. nine to five would be here. And then five to 10 would be my consulting agency. Wow. And I did that until I signed the third client and I was just working way too much. So I was like, okay, I have enough with these three clients to support myself. Right. So I'm just going to quit my full time and focus on that. So the, again, having,
0: having that safety net and mm-hmm. having that assurance of, you know, a paycheck to paycheck and doing something on the side yeah. until it becomes almost like it becomes real it becomes real i, I validated it yeah that's it would important. have been really risky
1: to just drop everything and, and just, say this is gonna work out yes yeah. i mean the university me did that with a camera technically but <laughs> you never know like yeah. so i think validating the idea is really important but wow. people were asking me if i could do it for them so i was like okay that's interesting and then yeah. uh, they liked what i was doing for them and they recommended me to someone else and i was like okay this word of mouth referrals you know, so always do a good job for the people because you never know who else that exactly. they know that might need your yeah. services as well. Word great. of mouth still accounts for probably 80% of our business. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, huge. That's phenomenal. Yeah, huge, yeah. So
0: when did you go from a solopreneur and take me through Pulse Digital? Yeah,
1: so when I started my agency, well, my freelance business, it yeah. was under my own name. Yeah. And I was your, like, everyman digital marketer. I would do <laughs> SEO, search engine marketing, <laughs> social media, content blog, everything. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I don't know, as someone who had didn't have that much experience and was trying to do so much, I had a very tough time really focusing and becoming really good at one thing because mm-hmm. with digital marketing, there's so many different avenues you can go down. Right. And you can spend years really becoming um, really proficient and really good at one of those things. So yeah. um, I ran my agency like that as an everyman for about a year and a half until the summer of 2018 until I got to a point where I wanted to change up the direction of the company. I wanted to change up the pricing structure and I really wanted to focus on my core competencies as well as the things that I really enjoy doing which were at the time um, photography so content creation as well as social media marketing so helping people with their Instagram with their Facebook and their branding right so in uh, the summer of 2018 I decided to make that transitional switch to pulse digital Um, so that that's when all of that happened and yeah the idea with it was to uh, minimize the amount of time that you spend with the client initially of like doing a lot of diagnosis of like okay what kind of business are you what kind of problems do you have what kind of package can we fit you in Mm. and we changed that conversation and said okay this is who we are this is what we offer in terms of like a package structure okay and you need to somehow fit into this model because ultimately like these, these these are the types of services that will cover your ass as like a business in terms of social media mm-hmm. but it just really reduced the amount of time needed to really onboard a client it really helped us scale the business a lot too
0: having yeah. the right system in place
1: having the right is system the right system and solution
0: right yeah. right and because you're the expert right so you know mm-hmm. what your clients potentially might need mm-hmm. versus if you're just if they're going into displaying like if i have no idea about social media yeah. you gotta explain it to them you gotta explain about it for versus, sure this is our menu like order yeah. offer or you like walking in the restaurant yeah.
1: sitting down like exactly okay we have pork we have beef and yeah. we have chicken what would you exactly. like it's like yeah <laughs> cuz i mean it's it'd be ideal to live in a world where you go into a restaurant and they're like okay what can we make for you yeah. based on your taste yeah. but then ultimately they're going to make you something that they they haven't been trained to make you know right. what i mean right. so it's just going to lead to a bad meal so in in this case an area a bad service so um, there's a lot of agencies out there who try to do too much They mm-hmm. try to promise too much and I I'm, I'm guilty of it too That's what I used to do as well But it got to a point where I wanted to focus on doing a certain few things really well And if your business could benefit from that then let's work But if not then here is a couple other agencies I know that could handle your oh, search engine uh, optimization, optimization or search engine marketing. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, so really understanding who we were and uh, just making it approachable too. Like we never wanted to be the agency where we have like five, six thousand dollar a month retainers. Yeah. We wanted to make digital marketing accessible for all kinds of business owners because there's so many small to medium sized businesses who all should be able to benefit from social media. So we're going for more of the mass market approach.
0: Right, which is yeah. also good. Instead of going too niche, right, and too yeah. focused, you wanna, oh, you wanna hit a bigger market. Mm-hmm. Um, and but. Be selective on what clients to take on, which is really important because Absolutely. I feel like a lot of times a lot of business owners they just take on any client that they mm-hmm. can get, mm-hmm. but this client you know might might consume all of your time and energy, and mm-hmm. you might not get the results that you're looking for. So properly screening yeah. your clients for sure um, and cater them towards what you're good at your your expertise versus just taking on everyone and like social media mm-hmm. like seo like you probably don't really focus on that right so mm-hmm. you do mostly instagram and exactly facebook, facebook. Yeah, and content sure. creation and all yeah that. absolutely so yeah. how how when did you um exp- when did you know that it was the right time to get a partner on board
1: mm. how did that happen i don't think i knew that it was the right time until the connection happened um, and the story behind that is that uh, one evening I was invited to go to a networking event. Okay. And I was literally on the verge of not going. It was after a long day of just working like on my laptop on mm-hmm. a bunch of client projects. And I had no one to go with. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go there and I'm not going to really know anyone. And it's just going to be too much. So I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. Uh, but then a part of me also reminded myself that you truly never know what's on the other side of any one of these experiences. So right. I ended up going to the networking event and uh, meeting a guy by the name of Andrew Wu, okay. uh, who's now my business partner. Wow. And he was the founder and is the founder um, and CEO of BAM Communications. Okay. And uh, BAM essentially is a creative agency that helps developers and real estate clients with branding, uh, digital strategy, graphic design, all of that. Mm-hmm. And. He spent the last 10 years of his career building the agency from, like, three partners to, uh, at one point, a 40-employee agency. Wow. Yeah, and I just randomly ended up connecting with him at the networking event, and we just exchanged cards. And then after sitting down with him for coffee, it just became really clear that this guy was um, the right partner for me because he's had the agency experience. He really took a company from zero to multi- multiple million dollars yeah. a year and i yeah. was like this guy definitely has a lot that i could learn from and he seems very motivated and invested in me to help me out so yeah it, it just really aligned perfectly it right was, it wasn't forced or anything like that just by was, chance and you wouldn't have by missed, chance yeah missed
0: out if you didn't go to that yeah event event that if day. i wouldn't have gone
1: we wouldn't be sitting here honestly like, wow that. yeah that's it's, amazing yeah. we would have maybe never had an office space of our own maybe i wouldn't have made the decision to hire an employee yet like all of those things so. yeah that's yeah. crazy. Now you have how many employees? That yeah, we're a team of four now. Team of four. Yeah. That's amazing. We're, I don't know when this video gets released, but we're actually looking for new interns. So, oh, if anyone's yeah. out there in the project marketing, uh, project management space. Yeah. Yeah, we're a fun team. Okay. Yeah, we make yeah. a lot of TikToks in our free time. So.
0: <laughs> we'll link it up. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us <laughs> up. You guys are yeah. Yeah. You guys are looking for an internship. I mean, there're probably a lot of young peeps out there, right? That yeah. that would really. I mean. Sam really knows what he's doing, yeah. and they can benefit from from the opportunity to to learn from you guys and work alongside you. So it's yeah, wondering.
1: no, it's it's yeah, we, we like to create like a fun environment. Like I'm 26, uh, Bethany, who's our current project manager, is 22. Yeah. Uh, Nathan is 23. Brandon's 21. We're a young team. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, our, our business partner, he's uh, a little bit early, uh, he's a little bit older. He's in his late 30s, but yeah. we we keep him young. We yeah. Keep him young. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun environment. Yeah. I truly believe in just really having fun every day with what you do. Like work should be fun at the end of the day. Work should be fun. Because you dedicate 40 hours of your week or of your life yeah. like, every week to it. And it just, it would, like, I've been the guy who's been miserable, like working a full-time job, mm. dedicating that much time. It's just not a good way to live. Right, you know? right. So you need right. to have fun with whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah.
0: we dive into the meat and potatoes of, you know, we're gonna ask, pick your brain a little bit yeah. on like how to properly you know some tips and tricks that business owners sure. can implement to yes. kind of grow their social media yeah i um, really want to touch on the passion right you you, you yeah. said it's important to find what you love and yeah. work should be something that you love doing every day because sure. you invest much time and energy into yeah. it but how did you find your passion like you know we we, we heard your life story it seemed yeah. like it it was a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. um and how did
1: you get to a point where this was the right thing for you like how did you yeah. find yeah. that um, I, w- I would say everything that I'm doing with running an agency is just a byproduct okay um, I'm just passionate about living a life in which I have more control I think everybody would like to have more control over where they go where they eat what they do like their capability to travel um, I think for me it stems from a place of freedom okay um, I, it sounds kind of cliche but I think truly if you are working a nine to five you have to be there like you don't have the choice to just Step outside and like just not like just go do, go do something else and like delay that work. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think for me, I identified that that's not how I really wanted to live my life. Again, mm-hmm. you're dedicating, on average, the nine to five is forty hours a week. Like every week, that's a lot of time that you're committing to a workplace. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it had to come from a place of having more freedom and having more fun with what I do. So, I think the agency right now is a really good fit. I'm loving it. I'm loving the experience. Love the people that I work with. Love yeah. providing value for my clients. But, I mean, I'm, I'm very much open to the trajectory of my career changing over time. I right. Think it's, it's, it's natural for things to happen. Um, I do want to run my agency. I'm very committed to this for the next, I'd say, five to ten years. But who knows what opportunities will arise. But ultimately, my motivation really stems from just the freedom that being an entrepreneur, uh, being an entrepreneur, like, allows you to have, like, that, that mm. sense of, um, you know, if I want to stay at home and, work (laughs) in my underwear on my laptop i can do it like i don't have to call anyone to ask if i can do that if i want to like take the extra time to hang out with my family or take my dog to the vet or whatever yeah i don't need to really check in with anyone to do that right uh, i don't think yeah um it it comes it comes with its um positives and negatives of course for sure i think the times that entrepreneurs don't talk about is like you are ultimately in charge of providing food on your own plate and then on the plate of others oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So that can be a lot of stress too, like just building a business to a size where now you have to pay someone's salary and then pay for their expenses and and pay for their lifestyle and that level of volatility of things not working out, that's there, so I always take work and always take the agency life home with me. Uh, I think it's something that, uh, as a business owner, it's one of the things that I struggle to turn off because it doesn't really ever turn off you know? Right, like you're I'm, always on work mode. I'm, I'm always on work mode. Right, right. right but exactly. I, I love it. I truly love it. Right. It can be stressful sometimes, but I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, so that's yeah. important. I think that, that the key takeaway there is uh, to, to have a vision, have mm-hmm. a dream, mm-hmm. right? And have a sense of direction of where you want to go. Because yeah. without that, you're kind of stuck in the day to day. You're hustling, yeah. you're busy with your day to day life that you don't really stop to think about sure. what I really want out of life and yeah. is. What I'm doing right now is that gonna align yeah. with my goals and my vision yeah. and the life I want to live, or yeah. is it gonna set me back? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I, to, to reflect on that and think. Really think about what sure. kind of life you want to live. Yeah and what can get you there, yeah. I think is important. I think the
1: goal should be consistent. You should be very honest with yourself and give yourself something to strive for yeah. and make sure it, it stays relatively the same. Got it. But give yourself some room with the journey of how you get there. Right. Like allow that to be the variable.
0: Right, yeah. right.
1: Because right. as long as you have that thing that you're aiming for, you always know that no matter what you have in front of you, you know to ask the question of how does it take me to that angle? Right. And does it take me to the angle? Right, yeah. right. That's. So and for cool. me, everything I'm doing is moving me towards that yeah
0: towards, towards where you want to yeah. be yeah yeah and like when when you said about a lot of stress like balancing budgets mm-hmm. watching money in money
1: out how mm-hmm. did you how do you keep level-headed as a business owner right yeah like because it can be really stressful oh for sure um yeah i'm gonna again start off by saying that i was never really good at math like i wasn't good at school in general okay. i was i was good at english okay. i was good at certain like yeah. surprisingly enough uh, but math was never my strong suit. So Fair I always struggle with numbers, which is just like, it's the lifeblood of your business. You really have to understand it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get better with that, but um, I think staying lean, like you have to make some tough decisions as a business owner in terms of like, making sure that there's enough money to run the business. And mm. I think for me, I'm a very people oriented person where I don't like to deliver bad news. And I'm the type of person who likes to avoid conflict most mm-hmm. times, Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were like, to be completely transparent like times in november and december where budgets were really tight and i was like holy shit i need to either reduce one of my full-time uh employees hours or i need to cut out some contractors and like cut costs from somewhere else so i think at the end of the day like the numbers like they matter a lot and you really have to you really have to listen to them because if your business is not profitable then like you're gonna crash and burn right so i think it's Doing a lot of stress testing, seeing how much work you can take on before the team crumbles and needs like additional support. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's, tri- it's trial and error. It's 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 trial error. Yeah, it's all a learning process.
0: And yeah. the numbers, watch your numbers because that's numbers. important too. Yeah. Perfect. All right, so <laughs> take me through um, some of maybe the the trending yeah. social media tips
1: and tricks that you sure. know,
0: anyone can kind of take with them and apply. Yeah. You
1: know, I yeah, you know, I'm a big advocate of paid traffic on Facebook and Instagram, which is like the sponsored ads that I'm sure everyone's like seen out there. Yeah. And the reason why I say this is because uh, organic reach has been just going down and down on Instagram. It has been on Facebook for a while. And right. For people who are not too aware, what that means is that uh, on average, every photo or video you post on Instagram and Facebook, it's starting to be shown to less and less people. Got and it. that's a lot of the, the reason for that is the algorithm of Facebook and Instagram, like changing up the order of when people see your content, how often they see it based on like the success of like your previous content mm-hmm. and the relevancy. Mm-hmm. But what that means for a lot of business owners is that they invest a lot of time, money and energy into maintaining an organic social media presence, which means custom photos every month, custom videos every month, custom captions every month. But at the end of the day, the ROI just is getting smaller and smaller. Right. And I think it's really interesting position for me because I started my agency by offering the service of doing like the organic management, and we oh. kind of saw that dwindle a little bit. Right. Um. So we we become a really big advocate of paid Facebook and Instagram ads because right. at the end of the day, on average, you're spending ten dollars to reach a thousand people. Got it. Or a thousand impressions, I should say. Yeah. And the reason why that's so important is because you can be very selective with what those thousand impressions look like. If you're a realtor, is it going to be a first-time home buyer? If you're a coffee shop owner, is it going to be people interested in coffee? If you're a, uh, if you're a, let's say like a rain jacket seller, you can target people in Vancouver. Like that's the power that paid Facebook Instagram ads give you that you wouldn't have on organic. Mm-hmm. So I've become a big advocate, and a lot of our structure and our business has changed to um, generating e-commerce sales as well as generating leads for developers and real estate agents in the market, is because you can spend all day producing content and posting it out there. But at the end of the day, let's say you're a realtor and you have 500 followers, Right. there's a chance that only a small percentage of those 500 followers see that content. And not only that, oftentimes they're either your family members, your friends, or whoever. It's not even the ideal buyer profile. Right, right. So for us, it's like, let's take a step back from that and profile who you're trying to reach with your, with your content. And right. let's get it out to those people and measure the results at scale. Right, yeah. right. So we we very much transition to offering that service. That's really – I think it's just more saturated because more people post on it. Yeah. Like try are to game the system. It's just right? pipelines and people yeah. are filling the pipelines. There's more and more content every day. It's getting harder and harder to stand out. Right. It was very easy to blow up back in 2011, 2012 on social media organically. Yeah. But th- that's just not the truth anymore these days. So right. we're very much helping business owners become aware of that transition, becoming aware of that shift, mm-hmm. and also helping them get a better understanding of like the ROI of the money going into social media mm-hmm. and what they're getting out of it and the impressions they're getting out of it and the brand awareness because it needs to be relevant. Yeah, yeah. it needs to be relevant. For sure.
0: Wow, that's a great, because I think a lot of people are really focused around Creating content, right? Yeah. Cause, you know people like Gary Vee, they they, they they really emphasize on making sure you post content, you give yeah. give give, right? Mm-hmm. Images, photos, all of that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to make sure that you you, you put your time and money yeah. where you get the most return on investment. For sure,
1: and I, I'm speaking again on behalf of mostly like the small to medium sized businesses. Yeah. And I love Gary Vee, and I love everything he's saying about producing consistent content. Yeah. But. That that strategy needs to be combined with the paid right and I think where, where the misguidance exists as well as the fact that um, if you are invested in producing your own content you're doing it right you need to be doing it yourself you need to be producing it yourself and you need to be really lean with it because mm-hmm. that's gonna be a big investment over the long term in order to get that return mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah yeah whereas uh, with the paid ads it's just a little bit more immediate but right. um, again any like small businesses again that maybe have a marketing budget of less than a thousand dollars a month yeah you're not going to get a lot of return out of purely just producing content and posting content and, 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 and just organically posting it on Facebook and Instagram. I think the leaner, your budget, the more you have to lean on on paid. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a lot of budget or alternatively, if you're really effective and efficient at producing your own content, then by all means combine both and just go all out. Right.
0: Perfect. So, Sam, how, how can people find you?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, most active on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is just my name, Sam Rahim. Okay. We'll uh, link it down below, Yeah, too. link it down below. Yeah. Uh, you guys can also reach me at sam at pulsedigital.co. And uh, my website is pulsedigital.co.co as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's thank
0: you so great. much yeah. for coming no, on. No, thank you so much, John. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Appreciate All it. All right.